Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast about Chinese booming horse market. I'm your host Zoe King, founder and CEO of Wonder Horse from Shanghai, discovering the wonder of horse world. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim. I'm an entrepreneur who works in fashion business in Shanghai. I created a concept store called Voyage. We worked with over fifteen Chinese and international designers and brands to bring the best design to our Chinese clients. I participated in a discovery day organized by Wonderhorse, and I love it. I was also surprised that many of my clients love horse when they saw my photos on WeChat moments. They really think that riding horse is also a fashion trend. And again, it's my pleasure to co-host this episode with Zoe today. Hi, Ting. Nice to have your fashion inputs for our show. You and your boyfriend join us in one of our Wonder Horse Discovery Day at Western Equestrian Club in Shanghai. We are going to introduce it in today's China Club section. Cool. It's a wonderful horse club, and I remember Miss School, the owner of the club. Can you tell us the story about the club? Well, the idea of setting up this club came from her father. He is a big fan of architect horses and started to buy from overseas years ago. Under his influence, Gu Ming and her husband Steven became horse riders. Last year, the young couple decided to quit their jobs and to focus on their family equestrian club. The Western Equestrian Club is located in a beautiful public park in Changxing Island, one hour driving from Shanghai city center. There are several outdoor arenas and breeding area. Currently, they have 80 horses in the club, mostly Chinese crossbred horses. 13 Chinese coaches and one French coach work there. The club has joined the French gallop system. 90% out of their 300 members are kids and young riders, with an average age of eight. The annual membership fee is from 1,300 to 6,500 euros. A one-on-one riding class for 45 minutes will cost around 100 euros. Well, I remember when we then went there last time. Miss Gu Ming showed us their horse museum. They were displaying the paintings, objects, and vintage furniture that they collected from all over the world. It is so interesting. Yeah, you know now they are building a new track for country course riding. They will be the first club to do it in Shanghai. Sounds great, and I would love to see it. Now let's talk about China event. What is your recommendation for this week? A big horse show named Horse Dreaming was on stage in Qingdao on September seven. French master Mahio Ruhashi is the director of the show, together with his horses and team from France. Six huge tents are set up for over 1,600 seats. 30 riders and 17 horses will perform in the show. Public can see the show every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 10 p.m. with an entrance ticket quite affordable, from 20 to 50 euros. The show venue is located in a big complex with the ambition to build facilities combining all activities related to horses. The investor is a local company focusing on horse industry. It is said that the investment size is 48 million euros. Not quite clear though. Allocated to the show or to the whole project? A big project was born in Qingdao. Yes, we will see how it goes. Here is China Q and A section. We received one question from Stephanie from France, and the question is: 
Hi Zoe, I'm a horse breeder in Normandy. Normandy is the land of horse in France. I would like to know where is the horse breeding area in China. Bonjour Stephanie, thank you for your question. Like France, China has not only one but many areas for horse breeding. According to official statistics published in 2018, China has 3.5 million horses. The most important breeding areas should be Inner Mongolia and Xinjiang in terms of land and population of horses. Yes. Also, I recently saw on Weibo that our President Xi Jinping visited a horse farm in Gansu Province. And what kind of horse they have over there? The Shandan horse farm that President Xi visited in August is used to be a military horse farm until 2013. It is now a state-owned company focusing on horse breeding as well as tourism. The local breed is called Shandan horses. The average height of a mare is one meter thirty-seven. They are extremely resistant to cold weather and good at endurance. There are the qualities to survive in such a mountainous region, which was the Silk Road connecting China to the West. You mentioned that they develop the horseback tourism now. It is also open to all public. Yes, I think you can visit the Shandan Horse Farm as tourist. Cool. I will put on my next travel plan. Who did you interview for this week's China story? Well, I talked to Andrew Furness, former director of Tarsus Hop Exhibitions, the organizer of China Horse Fair. Now he's international consultant to China Horse Fair. Let's listen to his China story. For many many years, you host the、uh, China Horse Fair in an exhibitor center, a little bit far away from the city center in Beijing. And this year, something new. Yes, but the. The location is actually still pretty similar, Zoe. We find that the the location hasn't been a problem、um, at the exhibition centre. We've always attracted, as I say, two and a half to three thousand trade visitors every year. Looking at other models that we've seen around around the world in terms of how these events run, the big shows that you say say in Germany or in America, they. They have a trade exhibition, or have the exhibition with the exhibit booths and companies selling their products and services. But alongside, they have a competition. Now we've we've tried to organise、uh, smaller competitions previously, but there were many restrictions of trying to do that at the venue, the traditional exhibition venue,、um, and we felt it was a, a big element of the overall package that we were missing. And to be perfectly frank with you, we are experienced exhibition organisers. We're not. Competition organisers, and so we felt the logical way to do this was for us to actually、um, relocate our trade show alongside the purpose-built facilities at the Equilus International Riding Club.、Um, and so far, so good. The market has responded very well to it. The、um, registration for visitors this year is significantly up over last year, and I think it just reflects that there is a a more complete offering for these、uh, attendees. What's new in the program this year besides the competition? Every year we we run a forum alongside the exhibition, and this is really an educational forum. Zoe, it's been very clear that one of the key feedbacks we got, particularly from the international、uh, participants, was that there was a big. Um, deficit in knowledge in the early days of the、uh, the growth in the China equestrian 
industry, the, the sector itself, and that the knowledge and training was hugely important. Um, and as many people used to say to us in those early days, well, there's no point buying and spending an awful lot of money on a, a, a on a thoroughbred horse um, and importing it into China if there aren't the correct facilities or the correct training um, uh, skills available for that horse to be kept in tip-top condition. And the same for riding as well. There, is, there was an educational requirement in terms of getting rider training. I, I think the challenge that we've got here is uh, an exciting growth sector. Maybe it's growing, the, the rider numbers may be growing by 20% a year. There are already over half a million, we think, in, in China already, and it's just growing at 20%. It's exciting numbers. We'll build a facility. It's not that straightforward. So what we want to do is also give people that may be looking to invest new into the sector or looking to invest further in the sector, just give them some experiences on the type of um, the, the type of pitfalls that you can avoid um, when you're actually looking and actually deciding on the level of investment or the type of investment you're making in the sector itself. I can imagine it's very easy to bring in international suppliers. My question is how you attract Chinese public or Chinese buyers to the show. Okay, um, just to slightly disagree with you there, Zoe, in terms of one of the assumptions, I think one of the the, the misunderstandings of, um, or, uh, of doing business in China from the international company perspective is just to say it's very easy. I think firstly, of course, the market is hugely attractive. But it really isn't as easy as some people think to actually do business in China. Quite rightly, there are regulations that companies have to go through and have to abide by in order to be even to be able to sell their products into the Chinese marketplace. But I should say that um, it started off small and it has grown and grown and grown. But there are still obstacles, there are still hurdles there for companies to access the market because if you're looking at maybe nutrition products, for example, you have to go through a rigorous process to get those approved by the Chinese authorities. The successful companies are those that treat the market with the respect that it deserves. Just because it's a market which is very new, don't take advantage of that. And we never say that to our exhibitors. Treat it with the respect and with the professionalism and you'll see a long-term business opportunity. They are successful because they've approached the market, not just as, a, oh, I'm going to get lots of business straight away, but they build up that relationship, they build up um, that network, and they treat the customers in China in a very professional way. What we use to actually attract the visitors from around China, Zoe, it is to say, not only can you get a, a good first-hand view, you get to see the products and new products in the marketplace first-hand, you can talk to the suppliers, is this the right product for your needs going forward, uh, and, and so on. So there's a, a big opportunity to see and understand those products directly. And obviously, when you have new companies coming into the market with new innovations, that's exciting for the buyers. This is their opportunity to meet those new suppliers, to see those new products. Will you be able to visit the exhibition yourself? Yes, yes, I will be there. Great. Excellent. Well, look, Zoe, let me wish you all much success with your with your venture. I really hope, um, you know, you can grow with the industry itself. Um, it's exciting times. And, uh, yeah, let me wish you much success for the future. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Zoe. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. It is incredible to organize such an exhibition for 30 years in China. It is true. 
they are very brave and visionary. Zoe, I got the newsletter from the first episode with the full transcripts and very rich information. Will I continue to receive it this week? Not if you didn't subscribe to our premium package. The weekly newsletter will be sent only to our subscribers from now on. If you don't want to miss any information about Chinese horse market, please subscribe now on our website www.wonder-horse.com. First thirteen subscribers can enjoy a very special offer for only twelve euros for the first year subscription instead of one hundred eight euros. Wow, sounds. Really worth it. Yeah, we already have a few subscribers, so hurry up! Great, great, and can't wait to check it out now. All right, see ya. Bye. This podcast is produced by Wonder Horse, the platform offering international horse-related experience to Chinese horse lovers. I'm your host Zoe King. See you next Monday on China Horse Business.